0: Harry Bird's not walking
1: through that door. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. The okay. kick. It is... God, 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 God. Be the man! You gotta beat the man! The 2-1. One line drive, let's One run again! Here
0: comes Reed! Here's the throw to the plate! He is! Nice! Lions win! Lions win! Lions win! Lions
1: win! This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Welcome, welcome to the unofficial start of the holiday season. If you haven't heard the Christmas music yet, you will start hearing it on... Friday for sure. Welcome to the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm Jason down in Tampa. Appreciate you finding us. We've got a great episode in store for you tonight, this week, this weekend. Hopefully, you'll have plenty of time to take a listen to the ep to the episode over the Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, We're gonna talk to TJ Reeves of the Buccaneers Radio Network. TJ uh, hosts a couple podcasts of his own. Three Dog Thursday, Big Fight Weekend. He's also, like I said, he's the Buccaneer sideline reporter for the Buccaneer Radio Network, play by play for Compass Media Networks, all around great guy. He's my Tampa guy. He's been very instrumental in helping me get this podcast distributed on more outlets to to more of you guys that are listening. Um, So we're going to have a good chat with TJ about college football, the college football playoff rankings, the massive coaching carousel that's developing. Uh, that's with all these big jobs that are open. We're gonna hit the NFL, AFC, NFC, uh, Thanksgiving memories and such. So, you'll 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 enjoy our my chat with TJ as we hit all those topics and we head into the weekend. So, uh, again, hopefully you guys are all gonna have a great Thanksgiving weekend with your family and friends. Enjoy a nice meal on Thursday, hopefully. For those of you that are having to work this uh, on Thanksgiving, thank you for all you do for helping us uh, work. I know lots of us uh, have had to work over the years in different jobs on Thanksgiving, whether it's in the restaurant business, the amusement park business, uh, the luxury hotels, all those kind of things that require uh, service people to work and all that. And and, and again, anybody that has just a normal job that you have to work on Thanksgiving, airports, security, all those things. So. Thank you for doing all that you do to help us, um, allow us to enjoy Thanksgiving. Hopefully, you will get to enjoy Thanksgiving at some point, either Thursday or Friday, with your friends and loved one as well. So, a couple notes as we enter the weekend. Uh, one, the NBA. I want to just t- hit on the LeBron James suspension and situation. If you didn't see, LeBron James was involved in a scuffle in Detroit with a Detroit Piston, where he elbowed the guy that it looked pretty obvious to me that he kind of did it on purpose. Cut the guy's, uh, get put a gash in the guy's eye and his kind of side of his head, which caused a big melee in Detroit. Luckily, they were able to control the Detroit player. LeBron suspended for a game. Isaiah Stewart of the Pistons suspended two games for going kind of berserk after the incident happened. Um, you know, if you're LeBron, come out and speak about it after it happens. Tell us your side of the story, what you did, what you didn't do, what you thought. We always hear LeBron's comments on all the different topics, but, but when it's involving LeBron himself on the court, let's hear what you got to say, LeBron. Don't, don't duck away from the camera. Don't duck away from the press conference. Speak up, speak up, speak up, LeBron James. That's what you're, you're supposed to do that. Even if you're in the wrong, which I think you in this situation you were, you deserve to get suspended uh, and all that. So I didn't like that that I didn't hear from LeBron James following the Detroit situation. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays give Wander Franco, who's only played seventy about seventy major league games, they gave him a massive eleven year contract worth up to at least one hundred eighty three million, up to two hundred twenty five million. So good for the Rays to 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 lock him up for. Uh, All these years, you know, now Franco doesn't have to worry about arbitration, free agency for quite some time. And it's a very, uh, it's a friendly, it's a friendly contract to both sides. For the team and for Wander, he's going to get paid up front, a ton of money, um, way sooner than he normally would have gotten paid. And then over the course of the contract, he's probably going to be a a, a decent value for the Rays. So good for both sides coming together and not being greedy and getting a deal done. For Wander Franco, and again, Wander can be the first true superstar that's going to stay with the Rays for the long term. So hopefully, this will be a sign of things to come. Hopefully, the Rays will stay in Tampa and not head to Montreal like much much anticipated things that might happen here. So good for the Rays and good for Wander Franco to get paid. So as we head into uh, kind of the baseball off season, where deals are getting done with stuff with people uh, throughout the throughout the league. Hopefully we avoid a strike in and in a lockout. There's there's much speculation that there will be a uh, work stoppage, Major League Baseball heading into spring training. So we'll see what happens here in the coming months. So, uh, personal note, um, I if you if you many of you probably are in are in Survivor pools throughout the year where you have to pick an NFL game every week. I get, to, I get the joy of telling you that I am in a big survivor pool every year. There's about 500 people in the one that I'm in. We're playing for about $5,500, and I'm proud to say that I'm in the final five. There's five people left, and I'm one of the final five. In our survivor pool, there's been carnage in these survivor pools the last few weeks with all these big upsets, and last week was no exception with the Titans going down to the t- Texans. You've seen Jacksonville beat Buffalo. You've seen the Jets beat teams. You've seen massive upsets over the last four or five weeks that have just gutted many of these survivor pools, but I have somehow made it to the final five. Luckily, I uh, am going to be lucky enough that we, we, we've we come to an agreement. We're going to split $3,000 between the five people, so each of us are going to collect $600, and then we're going to play for the remaining $2,500 or so, so I will at least cash a little bit of a check for the Survivor Pool as we head into the holidays. So, I hope you have a great holiday for everybody. Enjoy my chat with TJ Reeves. And before we get to TJ, I'm going to give you a couple picks for the weekend. A couple games that I like on the NFL and college docket. I like the, I'll give you an upset special as well. Look out for the New York Giants this week as they fire Jason Garrett. Uh, Freddie Kitchens takes over the play calling for the Giants. I I will expect a good Giants performance on Sunday at at home against the Eagles. Giants are getting about three and a half. I would take the New York Giants plus the three and a half at home. Uh, Another team to be on the lookout for is the Green Bay Packers at home plus one. I would probably take the Packers at home in Lambeau uh, against the LA Rams who are coming off a bye week. Those are two games that I kind of like on the pro docket from an underdog perspective. I do like the Buccaneers to go to Indianapolis and get it done in Indianapolis. The Bucks minus three. Um, and I also like the San Francisco 49ers minus the three and a half at home against the Minnesota Vikings this week as well. Um, from, a, from a pro perspective, from the college docket uh, I will be going, I will be in attendance on Friday in Orlando for the war on I4 between UCF and USF. Uh, the game is not a great game this year, but it's been a great game in many years past. Um, I kind of like Nebraska this week at home against Iowa. Nebraska minus one at home. They're due to win one of these games against a good team. Scott Frost has lost so many close games. He lost another heartbreaker last week in Madison against Wisconsin. I like Nebraska at home this week, minus the one. Also, another team to be on the lookout for, potentially, is Kentucky, plus the three against Louisville in their in-state rivalry. I kind of like Kentucky plus the three at, at Louisville. And then a couple more here. Let me scan here. Huh, huh, huh. Again, you got all the classic rivalries, Alabama-Auburn, Michigan-Ohio State. For some reason, I think Michigan's going to keep the game closer. The spread is about seven and a half. I would take Michigan this week plus the seven and a half, probably buy them to eight, maybe tease them up to 13 and a half if, you're, if you like Michigan. For some reason, I just have a funny feeling this is going to be a closer game than people think. The obvious uh, sentiment is that Ohio State's going to Roll Michigan, but I got a funny feeling. Harbaugh and company are going to try to are going to be able to keep it close in Ann Arbor this week. So, uh and I also take I'm going to take Oklahoma State minus the four and a half to beat Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma State's defense is real, so give me Oklahoma State minus the four and a half. So, good luck. Hopefully, you're still you're still alive in your survivor pool, but at least I can know that I'm going to cash a little bit of money from mine. So. Enjoy the podcast, enjoy T.J. Reeves, and have a great Thanksgiving weekend. Thanks for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. And now a word from our podcast sponsor, Titan Home Lending. For all of your home financing needs anywhere in the state of Florida, whether it's a purchase or a refinance, reach out to Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. Titan Home Lending is based in Tampa, Florida. We can help you with FHA, conventional, renovation loans, jumbo loans, and virtually anything in between. So reach out to me, Jason Powers, Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. Check out my new podcast called the No Quarter Given Podcast, where myself and Peter Blake, we give a historical analysis of all the buck opponents throughout the regular season. Week to week, every opponent that the Bucks will play this year, we will do a podcast on a historical overview of the rivalry between the Bucks and this week's opponent. So f- subscribe, rate, and review to the No Quarter Given podcast on all your podcast platforms. All right, welcome back. Powers on Sports podcast. It's the Thanksgiving week edition. We are very pleased to have my man, Buccaneer sideline reporter, Compass Media Networks play-by-play man for the college football season, college basketball, Three Dog Thursday podcast host, the uh, Big Fight Weekend boxing host. He does it all, my man. If T. you J. don't Reed. hurry
0: up, there's no time for the show, brother. You're giving me all too much credit here,
1: Jason. Oh, no. it's it's the week of Thanksgiving. You have to get all the credit this week.
0: And on a personal
1: note, before you get going, yeah, I know you don't want me to say this, but I'm going to say it. I got to give you massive thanks for all you've done for me the last year or so helping me get the podcast going and do some other avenues and all that kind of stuff. So I know you don't want me to say this, but I'm going to say it publicly. Thank you so much for all you've done for me. And I know you've worked with other guys that we know that we mutually know helping them as well. So thank you very much.
0: Well, you are welcome very much, and I say the same thing to everybody, I appreciate that, but you guys are doing the heavy lifting. I give you some advice, I point you in the right direction, and and yes, I try to help as much as possible because believe it or not, there was a time, it's longer ago than I wanna admit, where a young TJ was trying to figure it all out and people helped me and pointed me in the right direction and gave me help and said, don't do that again. Do this, do more of that, don't do this, try this, try that, so I'm happy to help. That's tremendous. Uh, I'm thankful for Jason powers. I'm thankful that you're thankful for me enough of the kissy kissy Kermy stuff here from the Muppets. Let's get on with it. Let's talk about what the people want to hear about, which is everything college football rivalries, NFL coaching carousel, whatever avenue brother powers wants to travel. I'm traveling it with you. Let's go.
1: We are going to hit all those avenues for sure. All right, before we get to all that. Give me, give the audience a little, t- a little, a little. The Reeves family Thanksgiving. What does the Reeves family Thanksgiving Day look like? I know mom and dad <laughs> okay. are in the area, so I'm sure. Right. I know you got you got mom and dad. I know your your wife's parents so, are not far
0: away. That's correct. They're in the area as well. So we always do the double header. Uh, we used to we used to try to consolidate this and do it all as one. It's back being split again. It was a double header before. Then it was consolidated because we have the twins. I have twin thirteen year old girls. So that helped consolidate. And now we're back to double headers again. And we're going to both places uh, to work it out. And we have breaking news on the Powers on Sports podcast. And I'm fine with this. I understand this because this is something they get the opportunity to do. My wife, my twins, and my in-laws have decided to go to Disney World on Thanksgiving Day at lunchtime and go eat the buffet at the Liberty Tree Tavern, the old school uh, 17th century, 18th century (laughs) Liberty Tree Tavern. All you can eat turkey, sides, ham, dessert. So they are going to go ride some rides, my twins and in-laws, in the morning, have the turkey uh, dinner, buffet, whatever that is, and then be back. So, I am on the loose with my sister, my brother in law, who are back in town, uh, and my parents. And I am responsible for the broccoli casserole, by the way. There for the you go. Powers on Sports audience, broccoli casserole, not just for this Thanksgiving, but for future reference. If you're having to make a side dish, very idiot proof. V- Let me say again very, <laughs> very idiot proof, very tough to ruin. It is either frozen broccoli or cooked broccoli of some kind, Velveeta cheese, and a mixture of melted butter over Ritz crackers spread over the top of it. <laughs> that's it. Put it in the oven for about 350 for about 30 minutes in a, in a tray, in a Pyrex tray, and you're golden. It is very tough to burn that. It is very tough to screw that up, and it tastes pretty good with the cheese. So I am wicked with The broccoli casserole, that has been my contribution for like about two decades to Thanksgiving is making the broccoli casserole. And then other than that, I'm like a lot of other millions and millions of other guys. I'm into consumption. We're just eating. We're eating. We're drinking. I'm not a drinker. You know this. You've been out with me socially. I don't drink alcohol. So a lot of people do that. Uh, I can't watch football and do all that stuff if I'm weird or, or having alcohol. So I'm not doing that. But there's gonna be plenty of food consumed. There's no doubt. Thursday to Friday <laughs> and Friday to Saturday. There's no doubt, brother. But now do you cook this? Is your own podcast? Do yes. you cook anything on the dishes on the side dishes
1: or anything? I'm with you. My parents are divorced, so I kind of we rotate year to year which parents I go to on Thanksgiving for the actual meal. I see them both on Thanksgiving, but okay, I, we rotate who who we actually eat with tomorrow. I'm eating at my father's house. This is my stepmom. My my stepmom is cooking cooking the meal. Okay. I was told to bring rolls, so I okay. went, to, went and got a nice bag of rolls and a bottle of wine. So I took care <laughs> of the wine. Okay, from my stepmom so there's no cooking in the rolls.
0: involved in rolls. You don't even have to. It's just heat and eat, probably. Yes, and the bottle of wine you can you can go. But if you had to make a dish, yes. a, do you have any, any kind of a go to dish that you
1: could make if if called upon? I would probably go to some kind of macaroni and cheese, maybe, yeah. maybe a green bean casserole I could probably do. Um, I could do a wicked Mrs. Smith's cherry pie in the oven. All right,
0: yeah, yeah, if you need to. I'm just here to help you with broccoli casserole. Again, okay. I can give you the recipe, but I just gave it to the audience. Very tough to screw that up. That's right. If you ever need to go what? have a go-to meal and by the way you can replace the broccoli with green beans that's if you right to, if you're not a broccoli fan just use green beans what are the, tw- what are the
1: twins' favorite side dish what is their thing I,
0: I, honestly they like sweet potatoes my father makes the sweet potatoes uh it, it, i'm not a big marshmallow guy in the sweet potatoes they like that uh they like the stuffing i'm a big stuffing guy that's probably their two big uh go-to's and then we got to go dessert the one thing i keep asking everybody uh, on all the shows I do all, all throughout the years on Thanksgiving, I used to do these on radio topics. You would hear me on local radio in the Tampa Bay market. Is dessert. So are you a pumpkin pie guy? Or are you like me? I'm not a big pumpkin pie guy, and I gotta have an alternate. What is your situation for Thanksgiving, Joe?
1: I can eat pumpkin pie. I don't love it, but I if somebody brought it, I would probably eat a half a piece. Yeah. But I like some cherry pie, I like some tiramisu. Okay. That kind of what stuff? about
0: pecan pie? Because I'm yeah. a huge pecan pie, and I have had people insult me and tell me that pecan pie should not be part of Thanksgiving, that that is more of a Christmas thing or in or around the, the Christmas holidays, the winter holidays. And I said, anytime my mother-in-law makes an outstanding pecan pie. And she called me a week ago and said, "You want the pecan pie? Do I want the pecan pie? Yes, I want the pecan pie. So I got pecan pie waiting on me from my mother-in-law at some point coming. No pecans for me. I don't. I don't. I don't eat the pecans, so I
1: don't want to eat the pecan pie. Right. But that is a festive holiday kind apple of pie. I'll eat apple pie. Apple, yeah, apple cherry, a little blueberry pie every once in a while. But and I'll even right. if somebody sure brings enough. pumpkin, I'll eat it. Don't love it, but I'll eat it. Um, you know, a tiramisu, something like that." A cobbler, a cherry cobbler, I'm a fan of the cobbler, yes.
0: all yep. kind of
1: stuff. Rice Krispie all Treats, right, which good. is not kind of off the radar. I love me some Rice Krispie Treats. I'm, wait, wait, a, wait, you have Rice Krispie Treats on Thanksgiving?
0: No, but, before, but, but if, somebody, if, like somebody,
1: if somebody said, hey, do you want some Rice Krispie Treats? My mother makes a fantastic Rice Krispie Treats for her 12-year-old son, who's got the 12-year-old still in them. Well, but what I'm saying to you is that's very idiot proof as well.
0: That is very hard to burn or mess up. You can make some Rice Krispie treats if need be. So yes, there will be plenty of food, uh, plenty of laps around the track like NASCAR, getting getting more and then watching the late uh, game with the Cowboys and then getting some more and then. Bringing home some leftovers, eating those Friday for the Black Friday games that are on in college football. We just keep; it's the gift that keeps on giving for Thanksgiving. Right. All That's the right. extra food.
1: All right, before we get to the thing, tell me, tell the audience your one Thanksgiving story in Dallas with the Buccaneers.
0: Oh, uh, how long do we have? The short version is the Bucks with John Gruden are playing in Dallas against Tony Romo, who will be uh, on the call uh, for the for the game in Dallas. He'll be on the call for Cowboys Raiders. So this is playing Romo and Terrell Owens. In uh, Dallas on Thanksgiving 06. So this is the first time that I had ever been part of a Thanksgiving Day NFL game in broadcast. And the only game the Buccaneers
1: have ever been on Thanksgiving.
0: That's correct. And we've been concerned a couple of times that we might be the Thanksgiving game against Detroit. Right. Which, remember, they were in the division forever against Detroit in the NFC Central back in the the late 70s and all the way through 2001. And never played the Lions on Thanksgiving in Detroit. It never worked out that way um so that year we were there and that's the only year that they've played on thanksgiving and i still remember this is old texas stadium which which again was somewhat conducive to the media but not really like for example the radio you had to walk up a laddered stairwell (laughs) to get up to like the crow's nest of the radio booths, and that's also where the home coaches and the visiting coaches would be up high with their headsets on on the same kind of level and platform but you literally had to kind of scale up about a three-step ladder with your hands and legs to get up to that catwalk and walk across at old Texas stadium for the radio boots. It was not the posh TV booth that you always saw, uh, Pat Summerall and John Madden or Dick Ginberg and Merlin Olson, or in the, in the present day, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, Al right. Michaels, Chris Collinsworth doing from, uh, the, the Jerry new world. stadiums, Jerry world. Jerry's world, the posh boots. This was, this was something different, but anyway, Thanksgiving meal that day was a buffet, and there's literally 500 people trying to converge on the Thanksgiving buffet. Cowboy game is playing at about 3.30 local time. Uh, the, the buffet they put out at about noon, because the other game is going on, and people were just descending on the buffet. All right, so I waited for five minutes, and they're they're reloading the food. Killing it. And people I end up on it. a paper – Oh, I mean, there's like every employee of Texas Stadium, (laughs) all the media people, all the Cowboys ball boys, the the officials. I think everybody was in there. Paper plates, uh, plastic silverware. Now, this is not actual plates and nice cutlery at Texas Stadium. And I'm in the line literally with former Cowboys coach and former Cowboys Super Bowl winning player Dan Reeves, who later coached the New York Giants and the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons. I'm in the Thanksgiving buffet line with the Dan Reeves. This is back in 2006. And it turns out he's doing the game on national radio uh, for that day. So I I make small talk with him. We're in the line. We fill up our paper plate. We go sit down together. I'm having Thanksgiving uh, lunch at Texas stadium, November, 2006 with the Dan Reeves talking about the bucks and the Dallas Cowboys and so I, I enjoyed that. And he was telling a couple of stories about winning games on Thanksgiving Day as a player, or as a coach and the whole bit. You know, thank you, coach. Great to spend some time with you. Little little dressing, little uh, little green beans, whatever. I, I went and found I think they had apple pie there that day. I can't remember. They didn't have pecan pie. I know that um, it, we're done. All right. It, it fast forward to the game. Buccaneers score on the opening drive, Jason. All is right with the world. Mike Allstott scores on the up and over on the opening drive, and it's 7-0. And I think I think Dallas scored like 35 or 38 or 41 points in a row right after that, and the Buccaneers never scored again. 38-10
1: so, was the final. So a late
0: field goal. All right. So the only highlights I had from Thanksgiving was a paper plate meal with Dan Reeves and Mike Allstott <laughs> scoring on the opening drive. That's it. That's all I have for the Bucks on Thanksgiving Day in 06. Woo! Woo, woo, woo! All right. Man, that's a rough one. That's a rough flight home. Uh, it was, it was uh, a lot of silence on the postgame conversation and a very solemn uh, trip, a late night that Thanksgiving night to fly back. I mean, what do you say? I mean, Terrell Owens caught a bomb. Um, and uh, and this was the whole get your popcorn thing when he was yep. doing that. Yep, He ran over and grabbed like a thing of popcorn. He caught another touchdown in ran and uh, rang the bell on the Salvation Army thing in the end zone I'm like can we just get out of here this is just <laughs> not good can I go back and find Dan Reeves for some more dessert with another paper plate rather than watching this but there's a Thanksgiving memory from Uncle TJ
1: there you go all right we're, let's get to the college football world rivalry week is upon us we are at the home stretch here of the regular season this week and then next week's obviously championship week as far as all the conference title games first let's get to the rankings. Anything that surprised you, Ohio State jumped Alabama to go to two, Alabama's at three, your Cincinnati Bearcats are now at four, <laughs> Michigan at five, Notre Dame at six. Anything surprised well, I you there?
0: I, I didn't go to Cincinnati. I've just been touting them yes. as I believe they will be there at the end here in the final four, and they are now in the four, but is that a setup? Is that an okie-doke for them to take them out after championship weekend with all these different matchups? So... Uh, Cincinnati definitely deserving to be there you keep hearing all these illogical arguments about head-to-head matters in one situation like it was for Oregon to be ahead of Ohio State but head-to-head doesn't seem to matter that Cincinnati has a head-to-head win at Notre Dame uh, even though Notre Dame is now what six six is that what you told me right behind me so Cincinnati has a win at the 6 ranked team according to the college football playoff committee That should count for something. They're unbeaten. They beat a really good SMU team to death last week. Destroyed them. They have a conference championship game looming with Houston, who's been in the top 25 and who's good, and they've got, what, eight or nine wins. Yeah. So if they they win that game, they're deserving to get in the mix. Uh, Sort the rest out by who the best one-loss teams are out of the rest besides Georgia. I get... That if Alabama beats Georgia and they both have one loss, those two teams should probably be in. Yep. We're in the South. I know we're biased, but for the rest of the college football world, when the SEC keeps winning these games in the college football playoff and winning the championship game, you can't say it's not the best league. Right. And you can't say right now that Georgia isn't the best team, head and no. shoulders. Clearly. And if Alabama beats them with only one loss, how do you say Alabama's not deserving? So. I believe that's the only scenario where you're going to see two teams from the same conference screw it up for the other leagues. Other than that, if Georgia goes ahead and wins, now out. Who's, who's the best out of the one-loss teams, whether that's Ohio State,
1: Oklahoma, Oklahoma
0: State. I'm just dismissing Michigan. They never win this big game. <laughs> they're, not, they're not going to win the big game Saturday against Ohio State. I believe the Buckeyes will beat them again. So I think that's going to be Ohio State, depending on what happens in the Big Ten title game. And then Notre Dame lurking, but Notre Dame doesn't get to hop in front of Cincinnati. I don't right. care if they are Notre Dame. Right. So so there's my thoughts on how the, the playoff will shake out. Um, if you are a, a Cincinnati fan, you're rooting for the Alabama second loss. Yes. You are rooting for... Uh, for Oklahoma or Oklahoma State to not only uh, win this game to hand the other team a second loss, but then lose the Big Twelve title game, and then I don't know how they deny the right. Bearcats if they win
1: their last two. No, I agree with you. I agree. That's uh, that's again the Big Ten. Will, the Big Ten will work itself out because they're all playing each other. On the question is, does a two or three loss Wisconsin team, if they were to beat Ohio State next week in the title game, is there any chance that that Wisconsin team gets in? beaten in Ohio state. I don't think so. Yeah. I, don't I think, think they so. would, it's... I think
0: they would end up in the Rose bowl and there would not be a big 10 team in the playoff. Yeah. And that has happened before. Yeah. Uh, and bear in mind for the big 12, help me if I'm wrong, but I think I have this a year ago, they, they played the big 12 title game and they played it after Iowa state and, and Oklahoma had played Uh, The last week of the regular season, I believe they they screwed around with the schedule and the Oklahoma Oklahoma State game was not the last week of the season. So my point is Oklahoma and Iowa State played two consecutive weeks as it turned out. There is a possibility, I guess, that the same thing could happen here with Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Not for certain, but they could be playing two weeks in a row here. Let's see how that plays out. If the Sooners win this game, though. They, they have a great chance to be in the playoff with only the one loss. Let's see. And I saw that Oklahoma team. They look great yes. against Texas Tech for what it's worth. I saw them back two or three weeks ago with Caleb Williams at quarterback, but they could get eliminated. Uh, Oklahoma State's defense is outstanding in this bedroom. They are real, they are legit. That is a primetime game coming Saturday night. It'll be very interesting if Oklahoma can move the ball on Oklahoma State's defense. We'll
1: see. To me, Oklahoma State's the most under-the-radar team out there. We've not talked about them much all year. They've just right. kind of ho-hum got along. Their defense is winning games as opposed to everybody else. Who, them and Georgia got the best two defenses in the country you know, statistically, whereas everybody else is an offensive fireworks, Oklahoma, Ohio State – So Oklahoma State's the team to look out for if they were to beat they can if they can run the table I think they're going to get in too.
0: Yeah, if they beat Oklahoma and they win the Big Twelve title, yes, that that would be very compelling for them to be in the playoff. But it depends on what else happens in front of them. Right. Again, if you're these other leagues, you want Alabama to lose either the Iron Bowl or lose the SEC title game because that's a second loss that would knock them out. A second a second loss is knocking everybody out. I think for this year. We'll see. All right.
1: So you, you've kind of, you've kind of prefaced your thoughts. Let's go to Ann Arbor Saturday, Saturday high noon. Yep. Harbaugh's got them in their building. I know Ohio state's a, a a two score favorite. I think seven and a half, eight point favorite in Ann Arbor. Can the running, I'm
0: surprised. I don't mean to interrupt. I'm surprised that line's not more. I'm surprised it didn't open at like 10 or 11 points and see if it would move. Uh, But it is, it is eight or eight and a half because Ohio state's been favored by 20 each of the last two weeks. I know at home with Purdue and Michigan state and they annihilated both of them. That, that I I was surprised by that. What do I know? I guess they're accounting for rivalry game and at Michigan as
1: why that line's not bigger. Jason can Jim Harbaugh. He's got a very solid running attack. The defense is better. It's not great, but it's better than it's been the last couple of years. Can Michigan in their building finally break the streak? Harbaugh has been desperate to beat Ohio state in a big moment desperate to win a big game in a big moment this is their chance if you're the Michigan Wolverine program can they get it I mean I know it sounds like you like Ohio State can they slow down that Ohio State offense that juggernaut that's been the Ohio State offense the last couple of weeks in a word
0: no they're not going (laughs) to slow them down their only hope is to outscore them in a wild game uh I just I, I don't see it from Michigan again Michigan uh, had the lead on Michigan State, including in the second half, and they could not stop them. And this team, with C.J. Stroud at the controls, with two NFL-caliber receivers, Olave and uh, and Garrett Wilson, with a, a running back in Travion Henderson, that is the, the next yep. in their in their long list of NFL-caliber running backs, I just don't see Michigan holding them to 17-20 points. This is going to be Ohio State scoring 27. Scoring 31-34, it's going and to Michigan be something. Gets to 30. They be Michigan get to 30? may Michigan get to 30? I don't know that Michigan can get to 30, but they're going to probably have to to win the game because they're not going to keep Ohio State. The only way they keep Ohio State from getting to somewhere around 27-30, 31-34 30, points is if C.J. Stroud is hurt and not out there or if he is horrible and turning the ball over right, and setting Michigan up for long drives, killing the clock, et cetera. Other than that, I mean, look at the, Ohio, the the Michigan State game last week with Ohio State. That game was over with in the first quarter. Yes. They put four touchdowns on them in the first quarter, and it was like Tyson circa 1988 in a boxing ring. Right. KO. Right. It was over. So that's what I fear for Michigan uh, in this game. I know Harbaugh's got a lot of pressure on him, a lot of eyes on him. That comes with the territory. That comes with all the talking he did when he got there. And he's uh three and nine against Michigan state Penn state Miss- and Ohio, Ohio state. state going into this game three and nine right now. And they didn't play Ohio state last year because of COVID-19 they canceled the long storied over a hundred year rivalry game right. of Michigan and Ohio state wasn't played a year ago. That's the only thing that kept Harbaugh from being Owen yeah. six against Ohio state. Cause the Buckeyes would have clobbered him last year. Again, I'm making this sound like a foregone conclusion, but I just don't see how Michigan scores with them. I think Ohio state wins this and they might score 40 in the big house and they might score more. We'll see.
1: They better hope for,
0: I don't know what the weather forecast,
1: but that's could be one equalizer. If it was cold and nasty or snowy. I saw,
0: I saw chilly like in the forties, something nice like weather.
1: that, not freezing
0: cold, yep. but I don't think it's going to bother Ohio state. I think, I think that offense is going to be explosive no matter what Henderson, can run yes. cj stroud is mobile well, i'm not saying that they are invincible unstoppable if they're playing georgia if they're playing alabama right. or hypothetically playing oklahoma state i just don't know that
1: michigan has enough defense i agree, you. I agree we'll with you i agree with you all right let's let's go from the cold weather to the sunshine state with state of college football in the state of florida wow with the three big programs has been lousy at best this year obviously the news this week Dan Mullen, as you abruptly texted me on Sunday while I was watching the NFL at a, at a 1.30 <laughs> uh, news dump that Dan Mullen is fired in the middle yeah. of the 1 o'clock games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: it was classic. I, I don't know how this went so bad so fast. I mean, keep in, keep in mind that they were in a New Year's 6 bowl game that they won two years ago. They were back in a New Year's 6 bowl game. Yes, they lost to Oklahoma last year. And 11 games later, he's fired. The they next played season. Alabama I,
1: it, to 52-46 in the SEC title game last year.
0: It, uh, yes, and they played them tough in a comeback this year, but they haven't been able to win games recently. And his defense has been bad since last year, and he had to fire his defensive coordinator. And my understanding from a couple of people in Gainesville is that he mentally, again, just checked out, kind of like what Jimbo Fisher did on Florida State, but Jimbo knew he had the Texas A&M job. Uh, Mullen, Mullen basically that just said, I've had it with, with all of the criticism. Uh, he's a weird guy in a lot of ways with criticism, with facing criticism. Uh, there's, a, there's a real arrogance factor there. Uh, and when you are 2-9 and nine in your last 11 games against the Power Five, you can't be real arrogant about anything. And the big concern from a couple of Gators that I've been talking to is they haven't been recruiting really well. That was the comment this he made. December, this December class, there's concern that it's going to suck. And so that's part of the reason why the pressure was put on. We got to have a new name before that December signing date. here in about two or three weeks. The Gators have got to have a new name. Who is that?
1: And, and we'll see. Go ahead. I'll, I'll throw a couple names at you. Bob Stoops, the older guy, yeah. the old classic Bob Stoops, Oklahoma. He's been out of the, out of the loop for a couple of years. Now, you got the younger guy, Billy Napier is at Louisiana. You got some, I mean, uh, you, what names are you hearing other than those two?
0: James well, the Franklin private off the market
1: now. No more James Franklin, he, which I don't well, think that would have yeah. been a good hire anyway. I mean, yeah. no- the
0: Penn State coach signed another new 10-year deal because he knew he wasn't going to get the USC job or get another, the LSU job, one of those primetime jobs. So he stays at Penn State. Uh, Billy Napier, interesting name at Louisiana. They're very high scoring. He's not going to cost a ton. He's a proven coach uh, at a smaller level in the Sun Belt. I don't know if Gator fans going to go for that name. Let me put this to powers on the powers on sports podcast. What do will Muschamp, Jim McElwain and Dan Mullen all have in common as it relates to their ending at the university of Florida, all fired, right? If you're a big time coach, that's got to give you pause for a second. They have fired three guys now in the last decade that could not win at Florida and part of this is while Florida state and Miami are in disarray in the state and you're still firing McIlwain and you're still firing Mullen after McElwain, all within two or three years uh, of, uh, of them looking like they had it turned around. So I think that's going to give some people some pause. I, I don't really know. And the thing, uh, if, who the thing you, you've
1: not had at Florida in the last several years, a little bit with Kyle Trask, you've not had the dynamic offense, the skill players, the quarterback that you had back in the Spurrier days where right. they were slinging it and scoring 40 a week. And it was exciting. I think that's what Florida needs is a guy like that, that can go recruit the big time quarterback, the big time dual. Th- Cause their quarterback situation this year was terrible, bad, bad, bad. And like you said, Mullen in about week six or week seven made public comments about the recruiting. Well, I'm not, I'm not spending all week recruiting. I'm not doing this and that recruiting. You can't say that as the head football coach in Gainesville.
0: Yep. It's almost like he wanted to get himself fired Yes, because he knew he was owed $12 million, much like the Jason powers exit deals owed 6 million immediately. <laughs> 6 million within 60 days of termination. He's owed cryptocurrency cash, for me. Only crypto for me. Carry. Uh, Cash and carry there on that, Uh, uh, but yeah, who, who takes this job and are they going to have to go with somebody that's kind of the up and comer? I know Gator fans think that Lane Kiffin might, if I'm Lane Kiffin, I don't know that I want the Gator job over the LSU job and he may just sit tight at Ole Miss and be happy at Ole Miss in Oxford, uh, trying to win in the SEC West. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I do know this. My my line has been the same. I think I may have texted the, you this as well. Lane Kiffin's going to get two or three million more a year, a year annually, either from Ole Miss or LSU or Florida. He's getting paid by somebody. Yes. Uh, because the jobs that he's done at Florida Atlantic and now at Ole Miss to raise his profile and get his uh, get his coaching acumen built up and his and his cred built up, they're going to have to pay him a bunch to keep him. Or Florida or LSU will snatch him away for a lot more money. We'll see. I'll give
1: I'll give you one name and then we'll move to Miami. Yep. Matt Campbell, solid guy, good recruiter, good. I mean, good image. Right. I think a guy like he's ready for a big job. Maybe even and I and this would be one more wild card, And I'm not sure he's the kind of guy for Gainesville. A guy like maybe a Pat Fitzgerald that's had some sustained success. I mean, a guy like that that's done a great job at a tough spot great 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 names
0: Campbell is interesting he turned down apparently the Detroit Lions last year who were making overtures to him didn't want the NFL what does that say for the Lions the guy wants to go back to Iowa State and not coach the Lions but uh in Fitzgerald's case I have a couple of Chicago media buddies that have said to me he wants the NFL he's not at Northwestern he wants the NFL who knows but that's a great name what about David Shaw Shaw would be a guy David Shaw. Very interesting. He could have had the NFL probably on a couple of occasions, but Shaw, this came out earlier this year is making like $9 million a year at Stanford. They kept giving him raises privately that we didn't know about because they're a private institution and didn't have to report it. And my man, David Shaw is better paid than about 15 NFL coaches while coaching (laughs) at Stanford. And loves that place. So I don't know that he would leave, but those are great names. Those are juicy names. Who does Florida get? I don't know. And you brought up briefly Miami. Is Miami going to fire Manny Diaz? Yes. Is a new AD going to get hired and go ahead and fire him no matter how they finished at the end of the season? And now you've got the Miami job, the Florida job, the Virginia Tech job, the LSU job. Am I leaving one out? The USC, USC job.
1: USC. And
0: the Washington job. You've got the Washington Huskies out in the in the Northwest. You've got six tremendous jobs open, and Florida's got to compete in the coaching carousel with who they get with all those other schools. This will not be easy in no, the next it, couple of weeks.
1: And like you said, the, the agents for these coaches are just salivating because <laughs> even if they don't get the job, they're going to get a new deal at their current school. Oh. Hugh Freeze just got a huge deal today. At liberty. Yes. Freaking liberty.
0: This Liberty ponied up because they realize that they're they're trying to move up into into different and better conferences, and they and and Freeze realizes I'm under the radar, yeah. I'm under scrutiny. I can win in the leagues that I'm in. Give me three million, four million, five million, and I'll just stay here and win. Uh, we'll see, and and, I'll, and I'm gonna give we'll you a name of Florida a guy who probably
1: with. won't get one of these mega jobs, but he might be the second domino if somebody leaves another job. A guy you and I both know very well. Has rebuilt a program. Has opened his new stadium this year. Bill Clark, a place I like Virginia Tech, a place yeah, like TCU. I love, I love that name,
0: but but is Bill Clark going to resonate? As you mentioned, for an SEC job, I don't know. Virginia Tech would be an intriguing job. Uh, and, may, and maybe, yeah, maybe he's a guy that ends up as a secondary when somebody leaves right. their gig wherever it is. Ole Miss. You know, maybe Dave Aranda lives leaves yep. Baylor maybe Lane Kiffin leaves Ole Miss like you're saying uh one of those Virginia Tech's intriguing too could that be Bill Clark I still got to pick a bone with you because you played it at UAB yeah uh, on the Three Dog Thursday podcast I was on the Blazers last week with UTSA University of Texas San Antonio Sa- Texas covered. San Antonio's had a great year they covered right well but late in the game UAB has the ball has the lead your guy, Bill Clark, he's not my guy. You're giving, you're giving me Cincinnati. I didn't go to Cincinnati. You went to UAB. Bill Clark's done a tremendous job at UAB. They have the ball, and it's fourth down, and I'm holding this up on video so the audience can't see it on audio. It's fourth down and this on the measurement. It's like an inch and a half or two inches, and he's at like his own 34-yard line. If they make the first down with a minute to go, Game's the over. game is over. Because UT San Antonio can't stop the clock. He elects to uh, run up to the line, not run a play, get a delay of game, and then punt the ball to them. And UTSA ends up completing two tremendous passes and getting the clock stopped. And they throw a touchdown pass in the final seconds to remain 11-0. and 0. I'm long-winded. Why didn't he
1: go for fourth and an inch or two to beat an unbeaten team? I don't get it. And if he wins that game he goes to the CUSA championship game. That was for all the marbles right. to go to the title game, you know, and you obviously yeah that, Where that he has been the previous two
0: years including winning it last year. I know. And uh, all right, how concerned are you that Bill Clark is somewhere else? Wherever it is, I don't know. I, how concerned are you that he's leaving UAB?
1: The reason I'm concerned is because he's done the, he's done the rebuilding part. He's opened the new stadium which which was a huge goal of right. his is to open that new stadium at Protective Stadium in Birmingham. And he's got to think, if I don't make a move now, at what point am I ever going to get – I know he's had success, and they want him there, and they're paying him okay, but he's not making big, big money like he could make at Virginia Tech.
0: they are going to move up into the American Conference, what, 2023, two years from now, if not sooner, on the musical chairs. They could be there next year on all the craziness. So he's going to get higher-profile games, maybe get a little more money. I don't know, but that's an interesting name, Bill Clark, UAB, on the coaching carousel. Again,
1: I don't think he'd be great in a huge high-profile job, but a Virginia Tech, a Fort Worth with TCU kind of job would be something I I could see him taking a run at because at some point, if you're a coach, you have an ego. You want want that bigger job, and I know the AAC is a good league, but you want to be in the SEC or the Big 12 or the ACC at some point in your career, I think.
0: A good point you make, and he may get the opportunity here where somebody uh reaches out to him in a power five situation. Uh, we'll find out on that. I, I don't know on some of these jobs. I mean, who is USC going to end up with now that all these other prominent jobs are out there, like LSU or like a Miami? I and heard it- Florida still, all the Gator fans want to act like that Florida is still one of the premier jobs. But now that, again, that you've, you've floundered and failed with Will Muschamp, floundered yep. and failed with Jim McElwain, floundered and failed with Dan Mullen, is it really one of the marquee jobs? Is it a better job than LSU, where the last three coaches have all won the national championship? Is it a better job than tradition-rich USC? Right. I don't think it is. And I
1: heard I heard an interesting name that I didn't think about, and I heard Kirk Cur- Street saying on game day last week, For the USC job, and he might be a guy who might be in the mix at Florida. Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly, Notre Dame.
0: I have always said I thought Brian Kelly would try the Notre Dame, would try the NFL, or retire at Notre Dame. He's been at Notre Dame what like fifteen years
1: now.
0: Right, he would coach Notre Dame as long as he wants and retire, or he would try the NFL. And the Minnesota Vikings thought they had him hired three or four years ago, maybe four or five years ago now. And Mike Zimmer. Uh, and got the job. Yeah. Uh, and there have been some other overtures, but I, I just, I'll believe it when I see it on Brian Kelly that he coaches another college team besides Notre Dame, as opposed to the NFL or retirement. That's
1: my thought. What do you think? I, I, you know, again, I've heard, I've heard, you know, our, our buddy Matt Zimick, who covers USC, yep, thinks Fickle is at the top of their list because the U okay. that guy hired. Fickle at Cincinnati, who's now the AD at SC. So they don't get Fickle. Don't be surprised if Brian Kelly gets in the mix. And they said if Brian Kelly gets a USC job, Fickle will be the guy at Notre Dame. Wow. Because he wants to stay in the Midwest.
0: Let's be honest. If you're Brian Kelly and you're making the money you're making and you pick your own schedule and you have your own TV network and it's Notre Dame and you're always going to be in the mix because it's Notre Dame, is USC a better job for him in that situation i don't know that usc is a better job for yeah. him it's a better job for some it is usc with the tradition and and i really believe they could they could get somebody that's like a coordinator an up-and-comer like what kingsbury was graham harrell's been on that staff before but they could get a coordinator uh that's out west or whatever yeah. and maybe go do damage i know they want a brand name because they're usc uh, we'll find out. I mean, there's a lot of talk that Urban Meyer is going to get fired or quit in the Jacksonville Jaguars situation, one and done. And then he's available for USC. Oh, wow. Or he's available, dare we say, if Brian Kelly leaves to go to Notre Dame. Right. Because Jeez. he's always wanted to coach at Notre Dame too, besides Man. Ohio State. Who knows on the carousel? It's crazy, brother. These
1: next couple of weeks will be a massive, massive domino of a lot of things going on. So stay tuned. Again, check out Matt Zemeck and others that, that, that break this, these Zimek, and all that stuff. is
0: on it with uh, the Trojans Wire website, USA Today, trojanswire.com. Yep. He's yep. all over the coaching carousel and the USC uh, point of view. And then uh, down here, uh, what's going to happen with the LSU, the Gator, Florida. and the Miami, if it's the Hurricane, Herc- right. my, guys, my guys around Miami are telling me the new AD is going to clean Manny Diaz out. Yep. I and mean, I keep saying to them, you guys, you guys are chasing – The Howard Schnellenberger, Jimmy Johnson, Butch Davis, whatever. And what you are now is Randy Shannon fired. Al Golden fired. Mark Rick quits. Manny Diaz fired. The Miami job is not the Miami job of what Butch Davis had in the early 2000s or what Jimmy Johnson had in the late 1980s. You guys are living on ESPN Classic. Mm. You're not living in the present day. All right, let's get to the NFL.
1: Yes. Buc- Let's, our Buccaneers get back on the snide Monday night. Big, good, good win. Solid. The Giants are a dumpster fire from all indications. Yeah. Let's go to the NFC, the power of the NFC. I think the NFC is very top heavy, meaning there any, any one of four teams can win that conference, Arizona, Green Bay, the Bucks, maybe Dallas. What are your thoughts on the power of the NFC?
0: I think it's a great point uh, that you make about the battle up at the top is what everybody's concerned with because, because is anybody really watching or paying attention between the Saints or the Vikings, 49ers, the 49ers, all the, all the Midland teams, the Philadelphia Eagles that are just going to make the playoffs. So you've got the Rams and the Packers playing for this week. I mean, the Buccaneers have gotten great help the last two weeks yes. from everybody else beating the Rams, beating the Packers, beating the Cowboys, and handing them a second loss or yep. a third loss. Yep. To the point now where if you're the Buccaneers and you can – get to something like 13 and four at the end, you're probably no worse than the second seed Yes. if you do that. Yeah. So that, that there's been help from other teams in the league. We're interested to see the Rams and the Packers this weekend. Somebody's got to lose that game. Somebody's got a fourth, fourth loss, loss when they do yep. lose that game. So that helps. That helps in the Buccaneers case. That helps uh, if you're the Cowboys. That helps if you're the Cardinals trying to hold off the Rams that only have two losses. How about the Cardinals don't have Kyler Murray for the two last games. three games and they Colt won McCoy. the last three games and they won two of them with Colt McCoy yep. at quarterback. We may look back on that and say that that's huge for them to, to have locked up the one or the two seed when they could have lost all three of those games. So how good is Arizona? We don't know, but you're right. It is very top heavy
1: in the NFC. You've got a great game in Indianapolis. You'll be up there on the sidelines covering Bucks Colts, a very good game for the, you know, wow. Jonathan Taylor running the rock, like a, like an MVP candidate. The Buccaneers number one run defense. Your thoughts. What do
0: you think happens? What do you think happens? Because Taylor had five touchdowns last week. He ain't scored five bucks do defensively. Well, yeah, I agree with that. But I think they load the the I think they load the how much do they stuff him? Huh? How much do they stuff him? How much do they stuff Jonathan Taylor? What do you think?
1: He's gonna get he's gonna probably get 80 to 100 yards just by volume of carries. He'll probably break one long run of you know the Buccaneers are aren't afraid to give up a 20-25 yard run but I don't think he's going to go crazy. And I think the Buccaneers are going to scheme to put the ball in Carson Wentz's hands, make him throw the ball to win the game, I think.
0: And he didn't have to do that against uh, Buffalo because they just boat raced him in the first half with Jonathan Taylor and built the big lead, and he was kind of the game manager. Now, he can throw it. Uh, we're both fond of Michael Pittman, speaking of USC, yes. Michael Pittman the second. The sp- Son of the former Buccaneer running back on the Super Bowl team who played at USC. He's a deep threat. Uh, They've got a couple of other receivers. Uh, We will see. This will be a lot of fun here. Of course, Tom Brady has played against the Colts numerous times. The Peyton Manning Colts. Not so much at Lucas Oil Stadium, but this will be interesting. Here's what I want the Powers on Sports podcast audience to know. I think the real key to the Monday night win was not just Brady getting back on track. Was not just the defense locking down Daniel Jones, who was awful again in the second half of that game, but Jason Powers was in the house. Jason. Powers was in Powers was in the house in the South end zone. Yes. And I think if we can get you to Indianapolis, you <laughs> might be the difference against the Colts on Thanksgiving weekend, brother. The no. Powers
1: Mojo. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a little a little nugget. There's a 50-50 chance that I'll be in Mercedes-Benz next Sunday in Atlanta. I've got some opportunities for some plans, so I I might be heading to Atlanta next Sunday.
0: All right, right. so we got to win this one, the Buccaneers, without you, but the the Powers mojo could be against the Falcons the following week. And let's just say this, for all of the the slings and arrows at Tom Brady and the Buccaneers for the two losses against the Saints and against the Washington football team, uh, rightfully so. They didn't play well in either game. If the Buccaneers find a way – to go up to Indianapolis and get this win and get yep. themselves to eight and three. The six remaining games are against the Falcons, the bills, the saints, the Panthers twice and the jets.
1: Yes. Run of those to the table.
0: six. Now those six games, I just mentioned five of those teams have a losing record right now. Only one. Buffalo has a winning record and they're teetering too yes, because yes. they were awful against Jacksonville. They were awful against the Colts. They've got to bounce back. And as we're releasing this podcast, they're playing the saints on Thursday night football, yep. Thanksgiving night. Some of the yep. audience may know what happens yep. to Buffalo in that game. If Buffalo doesn't play well and loses that game, the but could the Buccaneers conceivably after the Colts game, yes. play six remaining games and none of the teams have a winning record. That would be something else. No,
1: you're. It's the schedule's laid out for them to at worst be 13 yes. and four. At worst be 13 yes. and four. At worst. And with as much, with as competitive as that NFC West is, I see, I could see Arizona losing a couple games down the stretch here. That's just a tough division. You got the Rams, you got the Niners, Seahawks. That's just, a, that's just, a, you know, tough division. So at worst, the Bucks should be the two seed in the NFC at worst.
0: Let's hope so go up and take care of business at Indianapolis. Keep Tom Brady upright and healthy. Yep. Again, Jason, we can't state this enough because we're seeing it every week. It's a little thing. He doesn't get hit. Yes. He doesn't get sacked. It's crazy. And some of that is get the ball out of his hand, quick screen pass, quick uh, check down to a receiver. But he, they're they're blitzing and they don't get home. Yeah, and they're bringing a four man rush and they don't get home on Tom Brady. It's amazing and- to this point, and let's hope it continues. And if it does, it's bad news for the rest of the NFL with the weapons they have. If they don't get to him, the way the Rams beat him, the way that the Saints beat him they got to him they hit him they knocked him down they sacked him they got to him yeah the rest of the season nobody's really gotten to him and the giants hit him one time the entire game once
1: and and to me the key to the game monday night and we'll get off off of this here just one second rob gronkowski back in the lineup just as a threat he caught a few balls but he opens up space for Godwin evans the running backs to together in the pass routes he he takes that extra man that safety one more step towards the middle of the field, which opens up the perimeter for the outside guys.
0: And and, and you're
1: so right.
0: The threat of that and the trust factor. That's yes. the other word. T-word threat, T-word trust. Yep. Brady trusts that Gronkowski knows on a sight read where to run. Yep. Knows just exactly where to be he trusts him and he's going to find him if he's down there with a physical mismatch, wherever it was. I mean, that was man against boys when the saint, when the, when the giants were putting a safety on him, that's uh, the love number 20, that's three or four inches shorter and 50 pounds less. You could have put you and me out there to try it the same way as you're trying that to run down the field with him. And Brady saw that and they took advantage of that and good for the bucks. Let's keep Gronkowski healthy. And again, the Buccaneers have got some weapons, and, and we'll see what happens as, uh, as this rolls on to Indianapolis. A win over Indianapolis, though,
1: can't say enough,
0: sets it up for this team at 8-3. and three, And remember, folks, it.
1: this is the 17th game. Remember, they're playing nine ho- away right. games. This Colt game is that extra game for the 17th That's game right. in the schedule, even though it's in Week 12. It's the seven. And the Bucks will get game.
0: nine. And then to your point, the Bucks will get nine home games next, next year. It's an even rotation year after year. Yep. Of you'll play one more on the road then one more at home. Yep. Um. And this and this is not an easy game no, at all. No. Colts need this in the AFC playoff picture. They're chasing the Titans. They're chasing the wild card. That's going to be some fun on Sunday. After I get enough to eat, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I am ready to get on the plane and head to Indy. Uh, where it's freezing cold, but at least it'll be warm in Lucas Oil Stadium. That's right. All
1: right, let's go to a quick AFC, and we'll get you out of here. Your thoughts. Yes. Is that anybody in the AFC can win this thing, it seems like to me. You got six or seven teams from the Chargers, the Patriots are on yeah. fire. The Titans lose two games they shouldn't ever lose to the Jets. No Derrick Henry. Baltimore somehow escapes Chicago with a win last week, a fortunate win you got Cincinnati, Cleveland, and that whole division. Your thoughts on the AFC?
0: I don't know what to think about who's the favorite. Is it Baltimore with Lamar Jackson like you were talking about? Uh, the Is it Kansas City with Mahomes when they have looked shaky and they've already lost four games and they yeah. have trouble protecting him? Yeah. I mean, if you watch Kansas City play even against Dallas in the win, he gets hit all the time. He's under yeah. pressure all the time uh, and, and throwing bad passes because of it. So I, I wonder if he's Kansas city coming on strong. Are they the team to beat? I don't know that you can believe in Pittsburgh with their offensive line, no matter how many points they scored last Sunday night, plus right. their defense gave up a bunch. I don't know who the clear cut team. It's, I don't believe in the Patriots. So the Patriots start a string here where they're playing the Titans, where they're playing the bills twice and they play somebody else. That's a playoff caliber team. Yeah. I think you'll see them come back down to earth. Some, And lose some games down the stretch very easy to beat atlanta very easy to beat a bad jets team which they did very easy to beat um, the chargers bill belichick eats first-year coaches for lunch and he beat the chargers because brandon staley is a first-year coach and belichick was ready to go let's see what happens now against the titans at home let's see what happens with the two games with the bills that are coming quickly here for uh, New England, and then I'll believe more in New England if they're winning some of
1: those games. I still think Buffalo's Buffalo and Kansas City are probably the two best teams. I know Buffalo's kind of teetering a little bit. I think they'll get it together with McDermott with Josh Allen. I think again, they've got to find a running game a little bit. They don't have to run the ball. They're like the Bucks. You don't have to run the ball a ton, but you got to be you got to run it a little bit. And you can't ask Josh Allen to do everything yep. with that offense.
0: And again, we're not privy to what did they do Thursday night? If you're hearing the podcast after Thanksgiving night, what did they do in the Superdome against the Saints? Did they get it back together or not? Or did they look terrible again? Because again, they played in Jacksonville and scored six points against the Jaguars. They were bad Bad as in bad. Last week, bad. You know the whole Ghostbusters line. We love the 80s and we love that movie. You mean bad as in bad or bad as in good? Bad isn't bad. They were bad as in bad against the Indianapolis Colts uh, last week. They got to be better, they do. or else, or else maybe it is New England's division. It's hard to believe that that New England team lost their first four games at home, yeah. and then they are now in outright first place. 11 weeks into the season in the AFC East. That's an incredible turnaround for them for the moment. If it holds up.
1: All right, my brother, I'm gonna get you out of here. Appreciate everything. Tell them where they can real quick. Give me a three dog Thursday underdog for the weekend. A couple Uh, of three
0: dog Thursday underdog that I love is Denver against those LA chargers for this weekend. I am. I am loving that one as a standout underdog, a college underdog for this weekend. I don't know. I mean, there's a a couple of them that I have been looking at as we put that podcast out on Thursday with so many different rivalry games that are going to be taking place. Um, Very interesting that Oregon State is the underdog at Oregon. They beat them a year ago. Oregon State is coming on again at the moment. The game is at Oregon, and I believe that is a Saturday night game again. I believe I have that correct on the schedule The don't call it the Civil War. These present-day politically correct times, they don't want to call the game the Civil War. They called the game the Civil War for 75 years. (laughs) Don't call it the Civil War anymore. Beavers, Ducks, I might be interested in Oregon State as the road doggy uh, in that situation. And there's some other ones that are out there. Just listen to Three Dog Thursday, the podcast. It's out as well. Uh, where We're talking underdogs with my handicappers and with my guests. We'll get you back on there. As well, my friend.
1: And Mario Cristobal is another name to be looking out for potentially for one of the Florida jobs. You are right. or Miami. You're right. And is his is he focused on the Oregon? He's a team? Miami
0: guy. He yeah. is from Miami. He coached at Florida International. Would he come back to the Sunshine State for the Gators or for the Hurricanes? Right. Or would he see what happened to Willie Taggart when Willie Taggart jumped for one of these Florida jobs and flamed out in a year or two? Does he just sit at Oregon and say, I've got loads of money? I've got recruiting built in. Yep. I'm the second biggest brand name in the Pac-12 behind USC. Do All I right. just sit here for a year or two more and see if I can win some more and build my bank account? I don't know what Cristobal does. Maybe he wants the hurricane job that much, and we may be about to find out how much he wants it. All right, tell everybody where they can find you one more time. Three Dog Thursday podcast. Go find Three Dog Thursday wherever you get podcasts. Buccaneers Radio, we're on the air Sunday. Tampa Bay Market 98 Rock Buccaneers mobile app. You'll hear it. You'll also hear it on TuneIn or SiriusXM. Gene Deckerhoff, the Hall of Famer, on the call. Let's hope we get a great game uh, for the Bucks and the Colts. All of that is uh, all of that is good. And I make appearances on podcasts like this one with Powers on Sports. So you, either, you, even made ta- you, I- you even
1: made the appearance on the Buccaneer post game show when some guy called in from Tampa. Some guy named Jason could, from Jason, Tampa. Jason
0: from Tampa called in on the post post game show at 1 o'clock in the morning to talk, and I was grateful for you to talk buck win over the New York Giants. I love that about you. Uh, and, and every time you and I do this, we set out to do like 20 minutes. Are we up to an hour yet? We're I close to an hour. I think I've sorry. been blathering on I'm for an hour, but this is how much I love chatting with the powers on sports podcast and getting the breakdown brother.
1: We appreciate it, man. Much love. Enjoy your freedom on Thanksgiving day with the family at Disney world. (laughs) Eat, 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 eat some more and just, and just enjoy the football Thursday all day Thursday and this weekend. You do a great job covering the bucks. When's your, uh, you know, he compass media networks. You work with Tiki Barber throughout the year. You've been all over the SEC, the big 12 during the year. And I'm sure we will see you on the basketball circuit as well throughout the the winter and the spring. Yeah, there's so
0: much going on. But right now, we love the football. Plenty of food, plenty of football for all your audience. Happy Thanksgiving. Everybody be safe. It's traveling. I love being on with you, brother. Much love.
1: All right. Have a great weekend, folks. And we will be right back. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight.